Welcome into your Wednesday edition of Montana at Noon. I'm Josh Margolis. Your Weather Command forecast for the rest of your Wednesday, cooler, clearing skies with highs around 60. Northwest winds 5 to 15 miles an hour. Tonight, colder and mostly clear. Lows 30 to 35. North winds 5 to 10 miles an hour, shifting to the east after midnight. Thursday, partly cloudy in the morning, then becoming mostly cloudy. Highs 60 to 65. Southeast winds 5 to 15 miles an hour. Thursday night, mostly cloudy in the evening, then becoming partly cloudy. Lows 35 to 40. Southeast winds 5 to 10 miles an hour, shifting to the west after midnight. Friday, partly cloudy. Highs 65 to 70. Northwest winds 5 to 15 miles an hour. Friday night through Sunday, mostly clear, lows 35 to 40, highs 65 to 75. Sunday night and Monday, partly cloudy, lows 40 to 45, highs 70 to 75. Monday night and Tuesday, mostly clear, lows 40 to 45, highs 70 to 75. The Chinook Chamber of Commerce is hosting an abbreviated Sugar Beet Festival this Saturday. The festival typically lasts an entire weekend, but due to COVID-19, Chamber President Daniel Dahl says they chose to condense it down to one day. We just want to keep things simple. We're just doing a fun run, a parade, and basically a concert at night, a live band concert downtown. We've gotten a really good response to vendors. A lot of vendors want to come. We're, we're excited. The live band performing is Haver-based band Blind Luck. They will be performing classic rock and country music downtown at 7 p.m. The parade will begin at 5.30 p.m. and will feature several floats and people safely giving out candy. We have a few floats so far, which has been great. We just don't know if anybody else is going to come. We're not charging um, this year because of COVID and everything. We know businesses have suffered, so we're as a chamber kind of footing the bill uh, with some money we have in savings. Other events include a rod and gun show and decorating contests. For more information, visit the Chinook Chamber's Facebook page. Temporary fish screens have been installed on the St. Mary Diversion as current repairs to the system near completion. The Alliance for the Wild Rockies, Friends of the Wild Swan, and Save the Bull Trout filed a lawsuit last year in U.S. District Court in Missoula against U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services and the Department of the Interior to force fish screens to be installed on the system. The lawsuit cited the unnecessary deaths of hundreds of bull trout, a threatened species, every year due to poor dam design and operation, unscreened diversions into irrigation ditches, and river dewatering. Both sides of the lawsuit now agree that the request for injunction relief is moot, but Alliance for the Wild Rockies Executive Director Mike Garrity says they are still asking the court for declaratory relief. If we get a court order, that's a stronger measure to force the Bureau of Rec to regularly consult with the Fish and Wildlife Service on the impact of the St. Mary diversion on bull trout and to have effective fish screens. A response provided from the Bureau of Reclamation to new media broadcasters disputes Garrity's claim that the lawsuit led to the temporary fish screens being installed. The statement says that the temporary fish screens, which cost between $15,000 and $20,000, were installed, quote, in accordance with the biological opinion released by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service on September 4th, in anticipation of operating the canal in October, end quote. The Bureau added that permanent fish screens could cost approximately $40 million. The St. Mary Diversion System supplies the Milk River with much of its water. Drop five of the system collapsed back in May, cutting off the flow of water from the system to the Milk River. A project to repair drops 2 and 5 is nearing completion, and water is expected to flow through the system again within the next 10 days, weather permitting. The canal will be shut back off on November 1st to allow for a late-season fish salvage. 
The results are in from United Way of Hill County's online auction fundraiser. Treasurer Christy Peterson says they raised nearly $6,500 for their 10 funded partners through the auction held on Facebook. We uh, decided to just give it a shot and wing it, and we were just so pleased to have the support that we received from the donors and from the bidders, and it turned out to be something that we were really happy with. Peterson says they are planning on holding more fundraising events in the coming months, including their letter-sending campaign and a series of raffles. We always have these great raffle items that we raffle off at our annual crab boil. That was really difficult to do those on Facebook. So down the road, maybe early 2021, we're planning to do a couple of raffles with a few items that everybody seems to love. Peterson says although the online auction worked well, she hopes they are able to hold it in person next year. The Hill County Health Department reported 10 new cases of COVID-19 Tuesday and had 14 cases meet the criteria to be considered recovered. In addition, one hospitalization was discharged. The new cases include one male under the age of 10, two females and one male in their 20s, one male in their 30s, two males and one female in their 40s, one female in their 60s, and one female in their 90s. Seven of the 10 cases were identified through contact tracing, while the other three currently have unknown exposures. Hill County has now reported 186 total COVID-19 cases. 43 are active, including one hospitalization. 140 have recovered and three have died. In neighboring Blaine County, a day after reporting a daily record of seven COVID-19 cases, their health department was notified of an additional six cases of the virus Tuesday. Case investigations and contact tracing are ongoing. The health department was also made aware that one current case is now hospitalized. In light of the dramatic increase in numbers, the Blaine County Health Department wants to reiterate the importance of following their guidelines. If you are asked to isolate or quarantine, please do so. Blaine County has now reported 35 total COVID-19 cases. 17 are active, including one hospitalization. Turning to state news. Taking a look at the statewide COVID-19 update for today, Montana reported 348 new cases of the virus Wednesday, surpassing the record set on September 26th by four cases. Yellowstone County had 74 new cases, Flathead was second with 64 new cases, and Glacier County reported 46 new cases. In total, Montana has reported 13,071 cases of COVID-19. 3,635 of them remain active, including 100 170 active hospitalizations, 180 people have died, and 9,256 have recovered. A complete count of Montana's households in the 2020 census could bring big rewards, a second seat in the U.S. House of Representatives, and millions of dollars in federal funding. But the deadline for the census remains in flux and has cast doubt on whether census takers will finish counting the vast rural state. A recent study showed that a shortened deadline for census data collection could mean the state will lose out on the rewards. The situation is even more urgent for the state's eight Native American tribes, which rely on an accurate census count for federal aid. In the back-and-forth court battle over Montana's mail ballot election deadlines, the Montana Supreme Court has said the current state law will be enforced for the general election. Mailed-in ballots must be received by county election offices by 8 p.m. on Election Day to be counted. The Montana Supreme Court said general election ballots and instructions have already been printed and changing the deadline would confuse voters and interfere with the state's ability to administer the election. In a separate ruling, the justices agreed that a voter-enacted law that restricted third-party collection of ballots is unconstitutional. 
A Billings man was found dead after a house fire on the city's west side. The Billings Fire Department says the man was found in the bedroom of the residence Monday afternoon. The Yellowstone County Coroner's Office said 45-year-old John D. Nalen III died of smoke inhalation. The fire caused about $100,000 in damage to the bedroom and living room. The cause remains under investigation. A former Arizona resident has been sentenced to four years in federal prison for a fraudulent oil well scheme that cost investors nearly $2 million. Kenneth Thomas White, formerly of Cave Creek, also has been ordered to pay more than $1.3 million in restitution. Prosecutors say the sentence was the maximum allowed under the plea deal for White because of his age and medical issues. The 80-year-old White pleaded guilty to transactional money laundering last September. He was accused of defrauding 13 investors out of $1.9 million by selling interests in fake oil drilling projects in Montana and Texas. White was indicted in February 2019 on 60 counts of wire fraud, 7 counts of mail fraud, and 10 counts of transactional money laundering. And now, taking a look at your wheat prices for today. Daily prices per bushel. For Hill County, winter wheat is $4.44, spring wheat $4.58. For Blaine County, winter wheat is $4.34, spring wheat $4.53. For Liberty County, winter wheat $4.49, spring wheat $4.58. For Shoto County, winter wheat $4.44, spring wheat $4.58. And for Phillips County, winter wheat $4.29, spring wheat $4.48. And now, taking a look at funeral notices for today. Stuart M. McIntosh, 91, passed away due to natural causes in his home, surrounded by his family on Monday, September 28th. Funeral services will be held 11 a.m. Thursday, October 1st at 5th Avenue Christian Church. Burial will follow in Highland Cemetery. Stewart's family has suggested memorial donations be made in his memory to the Boys and Girls Club of the Highline or the charity of the donor's choice. Arhanto Dritchilis, 76, of Haver, entered into eternal rest after a long battle with Alzheimer's on September 26th with her husband and daughters by her side. A private family Trisagan service will be held on the evening of October 5th. And due to COVID, a private funeral service will be held October 6th, followed by a public graveside burial service, which will be held at Highland Cemetery at noon. Memorials may be made in Arhanto's honor to the Alzheimer's Foundation of America, the National Multiple Sclerosis Society, Care and Comfort Home, Saints Constantine and Helen Greek Orthodox Church of Great Falls, or St. Mark the Evangelist Orthodox Church of Great Falls in care of John Dritchillis at 31 Beaver Creek Boulevard, Haver, Montana, 59501. And that does it for your Wednesday edition of Montana at Noon. I'm Josh Margolis. Thanks for listening, and remember that seven days a week, we are your source for news and information. KOJM, KPQX, and HighlineToday.com. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, stay safe out on the roads, and please continue to do your part to help flatten the curve.